Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. You're listening to Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. One-on-one against Clayson. Moves it back behind the Devil's Net. Fighting for it there is Evander Kane. Stick handles. Clayson rides Kane off the clock. Gregor tried to reach in. Delayed penalty coming up here against New Jersey. As Kane now on the ice, grabs it and throws it back to the point. Extra skater coming on. Shot. Ferraro. Score! Kane. Keeps it in, drops it for Burns, who's down the right boards, powers his way behind the net with the puck, throws it back to Couture, holds it, shoots it, save, rebound, Kane, poking, turning, Couture, SCORE! The captain wins it for the Sharks! 38 seconds into overtime! The Sharks three, and the Devils two! Kane is trying to poke it around Schultz on the defense, and he had an angle on him, but Schultz a good recovery, yet the Sharks get it back. A head man for Kane. He picks up the Jets. He has a breakaway. He shoots. He scores! Evander Kane put on the afterburners and bombed his way into the offensive zone, and then he geeked the puck and ripped the hard shot to put the Sharks in front. 1-0 with 1.12 to go in the first. Final seconds of the power play. Sorensen moving in. Maybe a chance. Ferraro cross ice. He gets it back. He stick handles. Penalty's over. Pass now by Sorensen to the right. Quick shot. Score! Nice job in front of the net there. Timo Meyer getting that pass, and he just lets the shot rip. And that's a big goal for Timo Meyer. It's not a power play goal, but it certainly was influenced by it. The Sharks lead 2-0. He's to the Sharks line, tried to feed on the right. Nice job by Heed to get the stick on it. And a good first pass by Heed. Got it out to Meyer. He walks down the right, across the line, dropped past Thornton. Tries to send it in front. Score! Joe Thornton backhanded that puck into traffic, and it got deflected in. And that was started by Tim Heed. Great defensive play, good first pass up to Meyer. Meyer dropped it to Thornton and heading toward the net. It might have gone off the Penguins' defense. And if that's the case, it's Joe Thornton's goal. All right, good morning and welcome to Morning Tide. Ted Ramey with you as always. And as is the nature of this podcast this year, one week we're feeling bad, the next week we are feeling, well, I don't know about significantly better, but I am overall feeling better about the Sharks, and that just goes to show you the impact that Logan Couture in particular can have on this team. Of course, he netted the game winner on Thursday night in overtime against a good New Jersey team, and then the Sharks were playing full of confidence on what was expected to be and was an emotional night on Saturday night against a team in Pittsburgh that suddenly is flailing and floundering. I have uh, been very surprised with what's happened to them, and you know I think there's a lot of Sharks fans out there that are rooting for Patrick Marlowe to get another shot at winning a a cup. But, you know, that's just the nature of the NHL. Sometimes teams are good and then it turns on on a dime and the team starts floundering and trying to find their way. And I feel like it's been a week-to-week process with the San Jose Sharks this year. And 
I mean, there's no more obvious example than what we've seen with Martin Jones, right? I mean, Martin Jones is the guy that took the Sharks to the Stanley Cup final, is the guy that last year, after having a rough start in the series against Las Vegas, suddenly turned it around and was just, you know, magnificent in everything that you needed him to be. And then this year has had many of the same problems during the regular season that he had last year during the regular season. But then suddenly he's the guy that's capable of posting shutouts again and looking more like his old self as of late. And I don't know that it's a former self, that it can't be recaptured, but he's looking more and more like the Martin Jones that we have all expected. And it's just it's just really strange to watch the San, the San Jose Sharks go through these ebbs and flows this year of looking like, a very, very potent, capable team to suddenly looking anemic, to looking like they're good on defense, to looking like they're just absolutely, you know, full of holes on defense. It's never, there's never been a team identity this year other than being capable of losing, especially in close games or games that are decided by a goal after two periods. It was like that third period is not going to go the Sharks' way. And that's been, in my opinion, the most defining and consistent aspect of the Sharks this year outside of their ability to be so good on the penalty kill, which made no sense considering the way the defense was giving up goals all year long. It just made no sense. And I think that when we look back on this team and, you know, how many ever years time, we're going to say that, yeah, a lot of things didn't make sense. Now, there's no surprise that a team has a downturn in performance when they are beset by big injuries. That's, that's no shocker to me. The fact that this team has had this Jekyll and Hyde mentality from one game to the next or one week to the next or one month to the next, it's been really hard to put your finger on in terms of what you're going to expect from them. And, I, you know, I was really at the point after last week's Tuesday loss or I thought to myself, this offense, I, you know, I don't know how they're going to win another game this year. And that's, you know, it's, of course, teams find a way to win. There's so much parity in the NHL. It wasn't realistically going to happen that way. But the thought entered my mind. And that's what was really, really odd. I mean, that thought does not enter the mind of Sharks fans. That's not what we're used to seeing. We're not used to thinking, oh, this team cannot get it done. They're so lacking in star power, lacking in capability, lacking in, in just, you know, so many things. But suddenly that mentality had creeped into my mind. And I started to wonder, and I started looking at the schedule, and you say to yourself, okay, New Jersey's a good team, and Pittsburgh's a good team, and you start looking out even longer, and you're just thinking, uh-oh, this, this has the ability to steamroll. I mean, it's not like... It's not like we think this team is going to suddenly have a miracle turnaround and make its way into the playoffs. And yes, I mean, that's still mathematically possible, but I'm not looking at that. That's not realistic. That's not going to end well for anyone. And I'm certainly not at the point where I'm thinking that I'm looking forward to the end of the year to be here because I don't like not having Sharks hockey to watch in my life. And I usually get you know more and more excited as the calendar turns to March and I start thinking to myself, all right. It's time to watch, you know, the Sharks in the playoffs. But there is a feeling of this year of, like, let's just get into the offseason without any more major injuries. Let's get these guys rested. Let's start thinking about the moves we can make. Let's start thinking about the draft. Let's start thinking about all these other things that are going to be impacting the franchise as we move forward. I mean, that's that's where my mindset is. And it's it's weird. Again, this is not what we're used to. But you have to start looking at things realistically and say to yourself, okay, What's best for this team right now? My immediate reaction to that is to go into the postseason as relatively healthy as possible. You don't want to sustain any more big injuries. You don't want to have anybody go down. You like the idea of Logan Couture being back out there and getting some you know, time on the ice because he improves everybody around him. And we can already see that 
in my opinion, that even though he's not 100%, uh, you know, fully fit in terms of his, you know, lungs, that he got his timing back or is getting his timing back pretty darn quickly and looking like the guy and the impact player that we all know he's capable of being, and it's making players better around him. And I, I like seeing that, but I want him to get into the offseason and get the rest he needs. I want Eric Carlson um, to not be thinking about the time on the ice with his teammates that he's missing, and I want him to just focus on healing and getting ready for the next season. I want Doug Wilson to not be thinking about the game-in, game-out type scenarios and start thinking about how he's going to be planning for the future of this franchise because, I mean, it's got to be stressful for, for DW. I mean, I look at him when they show him during the broadcast sometime and they were showing him a lot as the team approached the trade deadline. It was a less comfortable more stressed out Doug than we're used to seeing. And that's because he's not used to being in this position that he's in right now. He's used to being able to be the guy who's capable of making moves and making his team better and getting ready for a relatively deep run into the postseason. And that's not the way this year is gone. So for Doug, you know, I'm sure that he is focusing on the game to game and he's evaluating talent and things like this, but it'd be nice for him to be able to start focusing on the off season on what he can do to make this team better in the immediate future. And I, you know, I know that people, there's a lot of people out there that are saying, well, you know, the Sharks could be entering, you know, a bit of a downturn. I don't buy that. I, I honestly do not buy that. I think they have the core of quality players to tune it around sooner rather than later. I think that's going to be a big factor for this team and their motivations of not being one of these teams that suddenly, quote unquote, sees their window close. I've heard these arguments about the Sharks before. I heard it in the 14 15 season when they missed the playoffs. Oh, is the. Is the window closing? What's next for the San Jose Sharks? And then suddenly they came back the next year and they were in the Stanley Cup final. Now, that is an incredibly high bar to set in terms of what we're looking for out of the Sharks next year. But I have to point out the possibility of things that can happen. That's what you do in sports. You look at an unlimited number of opportunities and potential realities for what can happen over the course of a season. The Sharks enter that realm by being a team of the NHL, and you have to see what happens. Now, what you, of course, want to do is put yourself in the best position to maximize that opportunities to be a very, very good team in the NHL once again. And I think that's what Doug Wilson is going to be working hard on and the entirety of his staff to figure out how he can get the Sharks back to the top of the top of the plate and top of the heap, whatever you want to call it. His job is not to see the Sharks be in a position to not make the playoffs. He knows his job is to have the Sharks contending year after year after year. And that's why you bring in these high-cost, high-reward players like Evander Kane, like Garrett Carlson, just to name a few. He's been adding guys in the prime of their career to this roster to try and extend the window. He didn't sign those guys to see it all go out the window after one bad season. He signed those guys because he thought that he had the talent and the ability and the farm system and the staff to take this that much further. And I believe that that ideology still runs through the Sharks franchise. And we're already hearing rumors of some of those uh, potential decisions that impact the franchise going forward being made right now. On Monday morning, there's been a good amount of talk about Redeem Shemek and the potential of signing a contract extension that's out there. That's just one of the moves that the Sharks will be looking at to get consistency, I guess, is the best answer at this point. They want to find players that they think have the potential to work well within their system and have a ceiling that if they can maximize those potential realities can help them get back to where they want to be. You know, going back on the recent history of the games that we saw in the last week, I thought that, you know, on Tuesday, like I said, after they lost to the Flyers on the end of that road trip where they had lost five straight, you just start thinking to yourself, uh-oh, 
where is this going to go? Where you know, how are they going to recover for the rest of the season? And the thing is, they weren't they weren't playing terribly or anything like that. You can just tell that the grind and the lack of offense and everything was piling on top of them, especially since they were playing against these teams in the East that are in the middle of playoff races. I mean, the Sharks were once again out shooting the opposition, twenty-eight to twenty-seven against Philadelphia, but not able to find the back of the net and just not putting themselves in a in a great position to win these games. I mean, you could just see it happening out there. The one thing you liked was Logan Couture being back out in the lineup, and he looked more like his old self in the Thursday night game, which I thought was a really nice game. You go down 2-0 in the first period. The Sharks have every reason to not come back in that game, but they do. They rally. They fight in the second period, get two nice goals. Then they get the overtime game winner from Logan Couture, which you love just seeing from the captain who's, again, still battling to get 100% back into shape. I think he's healthy, but I think his shape is still a question. I'm sure his timing is not entirely there, but he's working hard, and he goes back out there and immediately makes himself an impact player on the ice. You know, he's had other overtime winners earlier this year for the Sharks. It's no surprise that as soon as he gets that opportunity, he's able to win it again for the Sharks because he knows that's what a captain is expected to do. You don't always know that your captain is going to win it for you in overtime, but Logan Couture has that ability to do so. Logan Couture is the kind of guy that changes a game, and I think that immediately one of the reasons we've seen the Sharks play better is due to the fact that Logan Couture is back out there on the ice. You see a guy who has that impact player, who keeps other players looking at him, takes their attention, knows where to be, has good timing, sets himself up in the right places, just is he's one of those guys that makes everybody better. And I think that for Logan Couture, he's looking and probably very frustrated with the fact that he was not able to be out there for his team for so much of the year and immediately wants to come back and, and make an impact. And he had a goal again in the win over Pittsburgh on Saturday night, 5 nothing, another shutout for the Sharks. And that's another one you really like to see just because of Martin Jones. You know, Martin Jones is the guy who... You know, he's been through hell and back over the past couple of years. He's been on the ice for some great moments, and he's been on the ice and in front of the net for some terrible moments. And for him to shut down a Pittsburgh team, which, yes, is in a bit of a downward trend, but he did a good job. I mean, that's the thing is he shut down that Pittsburgh team that's fighting for the playoffs, saw 30 shots, and was able to get the saves. That's what you expect to see from your goalie. That's what you expect to see from a guy who's making that type of money. And I'm not trying to add any more pressure from Martin Jones, but perhaps with the help he's getting from the Sharks coaching staff, with an improved form from Aaron Dell, that this is more of a platoon situation going forward where one of these guys can truly make their stamp as being the number one. Then you have the ability to get guys more rest. Then you have the ability to get guys fresher going into big games. I mean, that is a win-win scenario for the Sharks. And I'm viewing it through relatively rose-tinted glasses because, yes, we have a lot of evidence over the past two seasons, for Martin Jones at least, that he has not been the guy. But one of the things that we've talked about is the idea of getting him more rest, and we've seen this with more and more goalies across the NHL, and maybe Aaron Dell has now gotten more time on the ice. They're seeing that with that increased time, he can be out there more. It improves Martin Jones. And that's a win-win scenario. Now, I, listen, I have no idea if this is how the Sharks front office is looking at it. Maybe they're saying we have seen too much inconsistency from both these guys and we've got to figure out how to improve our situation immediately. Or they can realistically say, okay, there is inconsistency. Is the improvement that we're seeing, is this anecdotal? Or are there fundamental things that we are seeing from their play that allow them to think that Arendelle can be more like this guy going forward? 
or the Martin Jones, what we've seen from him more recently, is a return to form for him, that maybe they figured things out, that maybe they figured out his positioning, his vision, how he was setting up, whatever it is. Maybe they have been able to figure things out and get them performing at a higher level. I don't claim to know. I don't claim to know these things. I'm just watching what I've seen, and I'm watching what I've seen from other teams in the NHL. Sometimes a guy returns to form. Sometimes they don't. And that's just the harsh reality. Sometimes guys have the ability to turn back into the players they once were, and sometimes, whether it's an injury, whether it's age, whether it's whatever it is, they just can't recapture that same form that brought them to the top previously. It's the cruel reality of sports. I mean, it's a cruel reality that you're able to maintain a level of play for a certain amount of time, and then the skill set starts to fade. There is maybe not a particular rhyme or reason over the fact of time will wear you down and guys will figure you out and your skill set will have time to diminish. I don't know. But I know that it's just part of the harsh reality of sports. You cannot stay on top forever. You cannot be the guy that's as good as you maybe thought you were forever. And maybe that even though you feel you're not that far off, the margin of error in the NHL is so thin that if you do make those errors, if you do make those mistakes, if you do have those issues, it is too much to overcome, even if you feel you're 99% of what you were. If that 1% of error is there, that can be enough to kick you out of being a starting goalie in the NHL and bump your ego down a few notches to maybe where you can't recover. Again, these are all decisions that are above my pay grade, but it is what I've seen in professional sports. It's not like it's just the goalie in hockey. It's not like it's just the first baseman who suddenly can't throw to second or the third baseman who can't throw to first or the guy who suddenly can't shoot straight anymore or the guy who can't make the – I mean, there's a number of things that happen in sports. Arm strength fades. Reaction time diminishes. Your conditioning goes down. Father time is undefeated. Some guys are able to maintain forever and other guys have a smaller window. But I do think that the Sharks have enough brain power in the front office and enough experience to know if what they're seeing is a dead cat bounce, for lack of a better term, or if they're saying, yes, we have been able to fix issues. Because that's what they're there for, right? That's what a coaching staff is supposed to be able to do. They'll be able to put guys into a position where they can maximize their skill set, where they can be the player that they're capable of being. And maybe for Martin Jones or maybe for Aaron Dell, that means less time out there. Or maybe that means making one of them the backup. These are all decisions that are above my pay grade, but it's got to be things that are bouncing around the minds of the front office collective. And I'll be honest that I refuse to buy into this idea that suddenly the Sharks have lost it and that they're not capable of being back what they were years prior. I just I cannot accept that reality that suddenly Logan Couture and Eric Carlson and Evander Kane and Timo Meyer and Joe Thornton, and, you know, you go down the list, you name these names, that they're suddenly not good enough anymore. That Brent Burns isn't good enough anymore. That Mark Edward Vlasic isn't good anymore. I, I, I Listen, I know these guys are all not getting any younger, but I also think that if you had had health this entire year, that you probably would have been able to figure things out. And maybe you do just squeak into the playoffs, but sometimes that's all it takes. Instead, the injuries stack up, you're put in a bad situation, and when things stack on top of each other, the negatives outweigh any positives. And instead of saying, yes, there were moments where we looked like we were figuring things out, you're saying this is a team that fell short. I get it. I understand that. I just have a hard time believing that that much can change from one season to the next or that a lot of problems can't be fixed in one offseason either.
I hear the complaint, well, there's money tied up in guy A, B, and C. There's money tied up in A, B, and C because players are talented. Players are capable, and they're given those contracts for a reason. Doug Wilson has been able to figure out how to make these guys hum, how to make these guys perform. He's put them around the right coaches. He's put them around the right teammates. He's been able to figure it out. I don't think there has been a fundamental change in what the Sharks are trying to do that suddenly happened from one year to the next that put the team in such a detriment that they were not capable of being a contender. I think you had a lot of bad breaks. I think you had a lot of cumulative bad performances. I think you had a lot go in the wrong direction, and there was a big hole to dig out of right off the bat, and there were a lot of issues, but I don't think it's something that can't be fixed after just one season. One of those reasons that I'm convinced of that is because at the start of next year, I assume, Eric Carlson will be back on the ice for the San Jose Sharks. He's one of the best players in the world, bar none. There is no argument to that, and he wears the teal for the San Jose Sharks, and we've got him on the phone lines. Eric, what's going on, man? How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. I'm just watching uh, the Bucks play the game here against Pittsburgh, and it's uh, going pretty well, so I'm happy right now. Yes, yeah, no, got to see uh, some nice goals there. Timo Meyer, Kane, Shelman, Gull getting it done, and hopefully it can be uh, back-to-back wins for the San Jose Sharks. You know, just on a, a quick point, you obviously came to the Sharks um, when Patrick Marlowe was not on the team a season ago. He got to come back to the team this year and rejoin, and you got to play alongside him and be with him as a teammate. I'm just curious what that was like, because you'd played against him, um, you know, when you were in Ottawa and you'd seen him in Toronto and San Jose, but I'm curious what was it like uh, being a teammate with Patrick Marlowe for even a, a short little bit? No, obviously it was great. I think uh, even when I got here last year, when he wasn't here, uh, you know, he was still a part of this team. You could feel it. I know he played with most of the guys over here. They were still talking about him. And, you know, he was uh, he was still very much indented in, uh, in, in, in the way things are, are done here around here. And, you know, how, how you know, it's shaped this organization. So, uh, come back here, you know, uh, be his teammate for uh, half a season at least. You know, it was great getting off a little bit on a personal level and uh, you can tell you know why he's like he has the dedication that he brings every day and you know the love that he has for the game so uh, you know for me it was a real privilege to, to, be able to play with alongside a guy like that did he give you any uh, parenting tips <laughs> I'm sure he gave me a lot over the course of the you know six months that we were together four boys I have a girl so uh, you know, he did, uh, he did, he did, he did say some funny things, you know, about, you know, when they were really young, but, uh, at the same time, you know, I think that, uh, he had a chance for, uh, you know, with his own household that, uh, we kind of, you know, stay in their lanes. I'm just curious, how has life been for you adjusting to fatherhood? Because I know for me, you know, I'm out on the road a good amount of time on the uh, with broadcasts and such, and I'll come back home. And I used to think people were, were joking when they, you know, you don't see your kid for a couple of days and you come back and you go, oh, my God, they do look bigger. They do look taller. And now, you know, I've got two boys, six and four, and I do feel like when I go away on a road trip and then I come back, I'm like, God, you guys are growing like weeds, literally. So, you know, you're obviously getting the, the day-by-day challenges of uh, – of I guess it's still in the uh, the the baby infant stage for you, uh, but just how has that whole experience been for you up to this point? No, it's been great. Uh, you know, I think everybody knows that that has had kids. You know, uh, it's a lot of work, uh, but at the same time, it's rewarding. And uh, you know, life changes uh, a lot, and you know, your own routines changes, and, and you know, your priorities changes, and everything. 
it's been a big change, but it's been a great change. And, and you know, I think that uh, me and my wife are figuring it out as best as we possibly can. And, and as you said, you know, it's uh, you leave them for a few days and you come back and uh, they're a totally different baby. But, uh, you know, I've been, I've been blessed with being home a lot. And she's only five months. And, uh, you know, now I get to spend uh, the rest of the season, unfortunately, and uh, the summer with her. So uh, I get to be uh, most of the things I hope. Yeah, I mean, let's go there with the injury since you referenced it. I'm curious, you know, just before we even talk about the thumb in and of itself, like how how frustrated or disappointed are you? Because I know for for me, you know, I looked at when you came here and I was like, Eric Carlson's coming to the Sharks. This is awesome. And then, you know, I look at you get get hurt with the thumb this year, and I'm like, God, that's you know, that's really frustrating. And I think like, God, Ted, like you're looking at it from your point of view of being frustrated that you can't watch Eric Carlson on a night-to-night basis. But for you, I mean, hockey is your love. If someone took, you know, if my throat got injured, if my voice got injured and I couldn't, you know, do sports talk and do play-by-play, I would have something to compare that with to you, but I don't. So, I mean, are you, I mean, did you commiserate with Tomas Hurdle when he hurt his knee? Or are you just trying to say, like, hey, this is another roadblock that I've just got to take on? Or, you know, how is your mental mindset with all this right now? No, it's tough. I mean, you never want to be hurt, uh, you know, as a as an athlete. Uh, you know, unfortunately, that comes with the territory, and it's something that's you know always a possibility. But uh, you know, it's it's tough. Uh, you know, especially you know since I missed uh, you know a good chunk of last year as well, uh, and, and then you know to have it happen again in back to back seasons is uh, you know not easy. But but again, there's nothing uh, nothing I can really do about this one. You know, it's it's. It, it's a block shot and, you know, I broke my thumb and, uh, you know, those things can happen, you know, 10 times every game. And, uh, it's just very unfortunate. So, uh, I mean, it is what it is, uh, as much as I wish it would never have happened. I mean, I can't really just go hang my head and, and you know, bury myself because of it. You know, there's results of tomorrow and, uh, you know, I do what I can to, to make this be as best as possible can for, for when it's time for me to come back and, uh, you know, you just got to play the same way and not worry about, you know, what can happen out there. Uh, you got to leave it all out there. And unfortunately, you know, uh, stuff like this happens to us sometimes. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just uh, it's just one of those things that you can't really control. And, uh, but, yeah, it, it is tough. You know, I, I got to admit, it is uh, it is frustrating. And, uh, you know, you get uh, you get mad. And, and uh, but again, uh, you know, it's done with. And, you know, uh, all I can do is move forward. And I assume the the recovery with uh, with your thumb injury, everything's going uh, on schedule. Yeah, yeah, it shouldn't be a problem at all. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we have uh, you know uh, been having a, a bit of a tough season, and uh, you know, if 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 it would have been different, then uh, you know, I probably would have been able to uh, come back. Uh, you know, to play a few few games in the regular season, and, and you know, be ready for playoffs. But, uh, unless we get us get ourselves back into that spot, then uh, you know, this will unfortunately be it. So how does Eric Carlson take care of himself when he's not obsessed with being Eric Carlson, the hockey player, on a day-to-day basis? Because, you know, uh, you're, you're, you're not on the ice. You're not prepping for games. You're not looking at film. Um, how, how are you managing your time differently right now? I mean, are you uh, – you know, I've, I've talked to some athletes before, and they kind of go – they put that same emphasis on their recovery as they do with they would be with a player. But for you, I mean, it's – there's not that much you can do until the doctor gives you those different checkpoints of when, you know, you can start having that greater mobility in the, in the thumb joint. Yeah, no, I mean, I try and do, do what I can to, uh, you know, uh, stay in shape as much as I possibly can. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a, you know, a long time before I play hockey again. So do whatever I can to, to not lose what I've, you know, built up to get to this point. And then, uh, you know, again, uh, you know, 
come in every day and, and, and as I said, yeah, do as much as I possibly can and, uh, you know, every day is improving and uh, I'll keep doing that until, uh, you know, the year is over and, uh, you know, then, then I'll get into, you know, a little bit more heavier uh, summer workout. It's, you know, you allude to the summer workout. Do you and your wife and your family have any other plans for the summer other than uh, than working out? Are you guys going to go uh, any trips, any vacations, any any big plans? No, I think we're going to go back to Sweden for, for a month or so to see my family and, uh, you know, my friends, uh, you know, bring the baby home there, uh, you know, get her get her some of her Swedish heritage. And uh, other than that, it will probably be, uh, you know, mostly spent up in Ottawa, uh, where my wife is from. And, uh, you know, most of my friends are there. So uh, that's probably where we'll uh, reside for uh, for most part of the summer. But other than that, it'll be, uh, you know, a quick trip to uh, to Sweden. And uh, you know maybe some uh, some Euro Cup as well there while I'm while I'm while I'm over there. Sounds like a good time. I'm I'm curious how the transition has been for you and your wife from life in Ottawa to life in San Jose. I mean, obviously the the weather is is very much different in San Jose than it is in Ottawa. A uh, lot more traffic. That's the trade off. Um, is it different going from? Um, you know, that a place that has a little bit more of those temperate extremes uh, to where you get to San Jose where it's kind of the same all year round? Yeah, no, it's been a big change. Um, you know, my wife was born and raised in Ottawa and, and she's never moved from there before. So for her, it was, uh, you know, really difficult in the beginning and, and we're still trying to get a grip of everything. But, uh, you know, we like it here, uh, even though it's very different, you know. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, the community here and, and you know, everything around here is uh, it's very good people. I think that it's uh, very similar to, uh, you know, the values that we have up in Canada and, uh, you know, that part we've been very fortunate with. So uh, even though it's been it's been tough to be away from, you know, family and friends that uh, you've been around with for so long, uh, it, it's getting easier and easier every day. And, and you know, ever from uh, since since day one, I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been as good as it can for us. And, uh, we're starting to find our, you know, our new routines and, and you know, no, our new way of, uh, you know, living life. You were out at the NBA Finals last year when they were uh, in Oakland uh, for the Warriors, when they were taking on the Raptors. You were at the 49ers NFC Championship game. You seem like uh, a pretty big sports fan beyond uh, the, the world of hockey. Is that, a, is that a pretty accurate assessment? Yeah, I think I, uh, I really enjoyed that. You know, in Ottawa, we didn't have any other, uh, you know, professional sports like that. Uh, so, you know, here you're obviously very blessed here in the Bay Area with, uh, you know, uh, having a team in pretty much every sport. So, uh, you know, last year when the Warriors went to the final and, and unfortunately we, we lost uh, in the conference final there, I had the chance to go see every home game. Uh, you know, I was I was good friends with uh, Jurepko who played for the Warriors at the time. So, uh, you know, he helped me out quite a bit. Uh, uh, I enjoyed doing that. And then obviously with the 49ers, uh, you know, I was, I was lucky enough that... Uh, you know, we stayed home with the baby during the bye week, so we were here. So I got the chance to go see that game and, and you know, just to, to watch other athletes do what they do. I think, uh, you know, for me at least, it's uh, I appreciate that a lot. And, and you know, I I, uh, I enjoy watching that and see what they do. And uh, even though I don't really know how to play their sports, uh, I can still appreciate, you know, all the dedication and, and you know, the skill set that they have. 
Well, you know, you got a pretty good athletic background, so I'm sure if you gave any of those other sports a try, I'm sure you'd uh, you'd probably have a step up on the rest of us, man. But I will let you go because I know that uh, you want to get back to the game. But listen, man, I know that, uh, like you alluded to, it's been frustrating to deal with uh, the injury. You know, the thumb is a freak thing, and it, it happens. But I know that everybody in San Jose is really excited to see you back out on the ice next year and see what exactly uh, you guys can all do because this is uh, th- this year is, is an aberration, and everybody's kind of looking to turn the page and then start getting things going again in, in 2020 and look forward to that uh, that new year. Yeah, yeah, same here. And, uh, you know, thanks for having me. Again, that's all-world defenseman Eric Carlson. Of course, uh, always a good talker. I always appreciate uh, any athlete who's a good talker, but the fact that Eric Carlson is one of the uh, best and biggest superstars in the world and still always wants to give good and long and quality answers. Not every superstar in the sports world wants to do that, so I definitely appreciate uh, every time I've been able to do a long-form interview with him. He's always been uh, been the best. He's been great. So, you know, I thought he made some – Really interesting points there. Talked about his frustrations. Talked about his disappointment. And I think that, like the rest of us, we have, you know, we have to wait and see for him to be back out there on the ice. And it's hard to look at the context of this full year to say exactly what the Sharks were because, yeah, when you take away great players to injury to suspension for whatever its reason it is, the team's not going to be what they were capable of, and the injuries really piled on for the Sharks. But when Eric Carlson's back out there with Logan Couture and back out there with Evander Kane and back out there with Brent Burns and you go down the list, you think this Sharks team is going to be pretty good once again. I know that it was a rough start to the year. There was a lot of stuff to figure out. I think it was a transitional year. There was maybe some fatigue and some hangover effect for making a deep run the year before. And that's to be you know expected relatively. I know it doesn't excuse what we've seen this year, but it's part of what happens in sports. It's very, very hard. Uh, to keep on climbing that mountain. I know that's something that I've brought up multiple times this year, but I have to believe that it's part of that reality. But when you get Hurdle back, when you get Eric Carlson back, when you have Logan Couture back, we've seen what he's been able to offer to the Sharks on the ice. When you figure out things just a little bit more, and I think that's what the Sharks are doing right now, and that's why we see them play some better hockey, you're going to watch them give you an idea, maybe a little bit of what they'll look like going into the future. Now, it's hard to say completely because you don't know what exactly the future holds for all these guys, but there is talent and there is ability. And that core group of guys gives you an opportunity to build and get things trending in the right direction a lot sooner than not having those guys would. So I remain hopeful about the future, even if there are some that think it could be a while for the Sharks to get back. I I'm not buying that. I got to see, I got to see these guys all out there and healthy and, believe that suddenly there's something wrong with what has happened to this core ideology that's allowed the Sharks to make the playoffs 14 out of the last 15 years and likely 14 out of the last 16 years. I don't think that much has changed in the world of hockey. Yes, guys aren't getting any younger, no denying that, but I also see an incredible amount of talent out there for the Sharks on the ice. And, you know, I also like the fact that these guys are getting the chance to go up against high-level opponents Yes, they are going to be taking on Toronto on Tuesday night. I think that's a good opponent. Thursday night, the Wild, not the best in the world, but you know what? The Sharks still need to learn how to win these younger guys. Senators, not the best team in the world. There's no shocker in that, but you know what? Win. And then Sunday night against a good Avs team. See if you can go out there and win. See if you can teach these young guys who haven't been here as long what it means to be a San Jose Shark and how that pride factors in to how they're going to play for the rest of this year. That's what I want to see. 
All right, that wraps it up for this edition of A Morning Tide. Big thanks to Eric Carlson for some taking some time out of his Saturday night to chat with me. Of course, to you, the listeners, and the San Jose Sharks for making this show a reality. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.